I started drinking much too early It led me astray It doesn't matter if I was 13 Good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. Swing low, one of my favorites there from Mark David Manders, our good friend, kicking things off for us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Uh, thank you also to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris, longtime supporters of the show. Thanks to you, the listener, for being here, whether you're tuning in on one of our 30 radio affiliates from around Texas, or maybe you're checking out the podcast from some other great state. Welcome, welcome. We are certainly glad that you're here, as we've got a great show lined up for you today. So you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos. You know, the one that probably still smells like stale coffee and maybe... Uh, a little bit of Grandpappy's old cough syrup, if you know what I mean. Because we are ready to rock and roll off the top today. What are we doing? Gosh, we're having a brain fart already. Maybe I need some more coffee. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll be joined by Mossberg's Linda Powell, a longtime friend of the show. Linda is a passionate bear hunter. And we're going to get into black bear, brown bear, uh, what's new from Mossberg, plus might even touch on President Trump and what that means for the firearm industry. Not sure. We'll see how much time we have. Uh, but Linda's killed more bears than, gosh, anyone else we we ever have on the show. I, I think I think I can honestly say that. Uh, she's hunted all over the world for both brown and black bears, Russia, um, Alaska, Yukon, you name it. She's been there, done that, and she's going to share some of that knowledge and those experiences with us today. So we're looking forward to that. Also, we got to talk about a new gun giveaway that we've got going on with Mossberg, and uh, more on that later. But Linda will be here shortly. Then we'll spend a couple segments with our buddy Jason Douglas of Delta Waterfowl, but we're not talking ducks. We're talking drones. That's right. Last week, I had the pleasure of joining Jason and some other fellas on a thermal imaging drone, we'll call it a hog eradication trip, wildlife management, if you will. Jason literally has a $20,000, when you count the thermal uh, camera and the drone, that's the price tag on this piece of equipment. He, fl he flies it, puts it up at night, locates feral hogs, and then you've got a group of guys armed with thermal scopes that go in there and put them down. So you can imagine this makes landowners very happy. But uh, Jason also sees a lot of other opportunity from a wildlife management and surveying standpoint. Hell, maybe even in the future, finding a big buck that you've wounded. Uh, you never know. But we're going to cover the whole gambit regarding this most modern thermal imaging technology. Uh, so I'm ex certainly excited about that. And uh, who knows, you might even hear us. Get a little rowdy because we taped the interview about, I think, 2 a.m. the other night, and there were definitely some Lone Star beers involved. Uh, but that's coming up in just a little bit. And then we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to an old friend at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Dallas Safari Club's executive director, Ben Carter, will be stepping down at the end of May uh, after a 10-year tenure at the helm of Dallas Safari Club. So we'll take a look back 
at his tenure. Uh, he'll tell us the things he's most proud of, and we'll see what the future holds for our old buddy, uh, Ben Carter. Oh, and uh, he'll also give us some tips uh, for me personally, since I'm heading to Africa for the first time this summer. Uh, we'll get his take on what I should be doing and what I should expect leading up to that first safari. So that's what's on the docket for today. We'll be all over the map. I'm certainly excited about it. Hope you are as well. Also wanted to mention we've got two spots. That's right, spots for two hunters open for Guns and Guitars 3 at Coons Canyon Ranch, June 2nd through the 4th. It's a weekend of Texas country music with Max Stalling and Mark David Manders providing campfire concerts on Friday and Saturday. And then the rest of the time, we'll be hunting and uh, having a few adult beverages. Not together. We're not mixing them. But uh, for the weekend, you'll get to hunt trophy, access deer, and black buck, plus enjoy the music and camaraderie of Mark and Max. And if you want more info on that, uh, we've sold four of the six spots. There's two left. You can shoot me an email to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Uh, let's do a quick giveaway here. I've got, uh, let's do a Lone Star beer, camo dove seat slash cooler, and camo cap prize pack. Let's say everyone has a chance to win today. You don't need to be the third person to text. We'll put all the numbers in a random computer generator, and uh, well, the computer will pick one of you. So text in the word thermal, that's thermal, to 214-289-7807, and you could win the Lone Star Beer Camo Prize Pack. Let's take a break. We've got so much to do. Uh, up next, we'll be joined by Mossberg Firearms' Linda Powell. We're talking spring bear hunting, plus a shotgun giveaway coming at you next, right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Man of means by no means King of the road I know Hey y'all, Cable here for Three Curl Outfitters. And whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision, under the cover of darkness, Three Curl has you covered. They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields. Or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand, Wait for the hog to come to you. Uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, 3curl.com to book your next hog hunt. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. I've been a hunting these woods since I was seven years old. This shotgun was my granddad's, now it's mine to hold. I ain't never hurt no one except a turkey each year. And come Sunday morning, I'll be bending God's ear. 
Guns and Religion, one of my favorites from Austin Cunningham, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoors show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you for being here. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Hey, y'all. It is opening weekend of turkey season. I've been going through all my diaphragms, messing around with them in the truck here, trying to pick out uh, which one I think sounds the best. What do you think of this? This is a raspy old hen. I think it's a lynch mob call here. Mm, I like that raspiness. That one's going in the rotation for sure. Uh, hope everybody's making big plans. I'll be out and well, after the show today. I'm heading down to Junction, making that five-hour drive. And myself and a longtime buddy are going to be chasing those South Texas Rios for a couple days. I hope you all have plans to do the same. If you're in the north zone, can't get down there, then uh, only two more weeks for our season to open up here as well. All right, what are we doing next? Uh, oh, yeah, we're about to talk some bear hunting with Mossberg's Linda Powell, our longtime friend, uh, get into some other stuff as well. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show, proudly brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue, where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's true Texas-style barbecue, especially at the newest location in front of the Cabela's in Allen, Texas. Rudy's true Texas-style barbecue. Alrighty, uh, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. Joining us now, one of our oldest friends. She's the head of public relations for Mossberg Firearms. Linda Powell, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Oh, it's always a pleasure to, to visit with you. Yes, ma'am. Well, so first of all, how in the world are you? Doing great. You know, we're just coming off of show season, and so uh, that's always an exciting time when we get to, you know, debut new products and uh and see what our competitors are bringing out as well. And, and there's a couple things I did want to talk about as far as uh, some new stuff from Mossberg. I know we've got a, uh, a 6.5 Creedmoor coming out, which is very exciting. That gun's really been uh, a hot commodity here in the, uh, the firearms industry over the last couple of years. No question. And I would say that that was one of the things that uh, everybody was talking about at the SHOT Show. Um, Mossberg, we're bringing out not just one, but we're actually bringing out six of our bolt actions in the 6.5 Creedmoor, which I think speaks volumes. Uh, but we also found that you know a lot more uh, ammunition manufacturers are now producing it, as well as other gun manufacturers. So I think there's no question that it's a caliber that has now been recognized not only by long-range shooters, but hunters as well, and is gaining tremendous traction in the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had on a custom uh, rifle builder in the past, and he's just said, you know, as far as, like you said, long range, or uh, if you want to kill an elk with it, or really anything in North America, maybe save for a brown bear or something, you know, you could kill it with a 6.5, effectively. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. You know, I personally haven't had experience yet, although I've got one on order. Uh-huh. And, uh, hey, I think to get I have out one on order, too. <laughs> you do. <laughs> plan to spend some time with it, but just in talking with some other people that have had experience with it, and I actually have been with a couple of people that have been hunting with them, I wouldn't hesitate to use it, as you said, for, um, you know, most North American big game, you know, excluding probably the brown bear, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Really excited! I think everybody. I'm I'm a big 308 fan, right? And uh, one of my good friends who is a 6.5 Creedmoor said that I'm going to give up my 308. So we'll see <laughs> if he's right. But yeah. I, I tend to think I'm just going to have two favorites. So yeah. I don't have to give up either. You know, either yes, one. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. Well, okay. So cool. So we've got six new 
uh, bolt action 6.5 Creedmoors coming out. Is that just kind of across the board with all the models? or It, it is. It's really exciting. We've done three. Um, actually, I guess I, I, I changed it now that I think about it. There's actually seven. We've got four coming out in our Patriot bolt action line, which is the more traditional hunting rifle. And then we have three in our MVP line, mm-hmm. which is the bolt action that takes AR style magazines. So you have everything from the MVP LC, which is a you know a long range gun, uh, to an MVP Predator, and then again the uh, the line of uh, Patriot rifles, including a Predator version. And a new new version that I don't even know, if you weren't at the SHOT Show, you may not have seen this. We have a new Patriot that's called the Patriot Revere, mm-hmm. which is um, an upgraded uh, wood version of the Patriot rifle. Uh, European Select 2 grade wood, rosewood tips. Beautiful. Uh, polished blue finish. I mean, a truly classic hunting rifle. It has many of the features of a custom gun, looks like a custom gun, but um, as you can expect from Mossberg, comes in at a, a very affordable price, you know, retails around 825 hmm. Um So lots of exciting things there on the bolt-action side of the, of the business. Excellent. Well, that's good news and exciting stuff there. Um, shifting gears, though, I want to talk about our new President Trump and what that means for the firearms and ammunition industries because you know obama's the best gun salesman america's ever seen there's no (laughs) denying that Uh, right and so uh, you know i was wondering you guys have been not just mossberg but every manufacturer producing so many guns because you're selling so many guns well now we have someone who isn't uh causing that fear purchase is what i would call it uh in office and, and Trump and someone who ha- has the uh, the gun owner's back and believes in the Second Amendment. So how does that translate for you guys in the industry across the board? I mean, do you think we'll see a drop in gun prices or ammo prices? Um, or w- What's your take on that? Well, I, I think what most of us in the industry are seeing is what we call more of a, a normalizing of the industry. You're right, the past probably easily eight years has been more of a crazed panic buying, which isn't always healthy for the industry. I mean, some companies ramp up and, you know, increase production and hire people. And the result of that, unfortunately, sometimes is as things level out to a more normal pace, it means some cutbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, at Mossberg, we really just kind of continue to focus on our core. Uh, You know, we may have shifted production from certain lines, uh, maybe on the hunting side, over to the tactical side when there was the big boom, uh, whereas now we're actually seeing people coming back around a little bit. Uh, maybe there is a little softening of the black gun market, um, but what we're seeing is people are making more traditional purchases now, uh, you know, an increase in, in hunting shotguns and rifles, maybe things that they put on the back burner uh, over the past few years because they were purchasing uh, guns that they were afraid would be prohibited or banned. Right. Um, you know, again, sometimes what you see, you may see some lowering of prices. That's really hard to say, and that may be just on an individual retailer or, or dealer basis. Um, you know, for us at Mossberg, it's it's business as usual. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I think it's healthier for us to be in a climate like we are now versus being in a, in a panic uh, buying mode. Right, right. Okay. 
Well, good insight there. Just wanted to get your take on that. Sure. Um, well, you know, spring is here, especially down in our neck of the woods, down south. Um, and, I mean, we've, we're seeing some 80-degree days now, and that means it is time for turkey and bear hunting. So we've got those two things, uh, you know, front and center. And now I know you're a huge uh, bear hunter. That's, like, probably your your passion, I would say, if, as far as what you enjoy hunting uh, the most, just from what I know about you. Sure. Um, and I do want to talk some bear hunting here in a second. But first, we've got this great turkey uh, shotgun that we're going to be giving away as our March Photo of the Month grand prize. Uh, so one of our listeners is going to win a fabulous Mossberg um, shotgun. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that 12-gauge. Sure, and and just so you know, in the future, I'm almost as passionate about turkey hunting as I am <laughs> bear hunting. So I've got a few of those hunts lined no. up this spring too. But, Perfect. You know, Mossberg's really known uh, for their turkey shotguns, and and what we're offering for the winner of this month's contest is an 835 Ultimag uh, with our new bullseye sights. So this is a solid 12 gauge, three and a half inch camo gun. But the sighting system I've I've used the last couple of years, I've found just to be great. It actually incorporates sights that are made by marble arms that some people may know from rifles. But what it has at the rear, it's like a double ring rear sight paired with a fiber optic front sight. And it's it's really easy. If you can see the the front sight within the inner ring of the rear sight, mm-hmm. you're on target. And I don't know, for a lot of people, I know for me personally, first of all, I am a right-hand shooter, but I'm left-eye dominant. And I'm becoming hunting, that way in my old age, you know? <laughs> turkey hunting is one of those things that if I don't really focus and concentrate, it's really easy for me to miss in the excitement of the moment. And so I've found that I've got to have a sighting system on my gun. Hmm. And this one is, like I said, really, really simple uh, and, and pretty much full proof, you know, fail proof. Right. Uh, you know, if you have it lined up, you're on target. So um, I think that, uh, you know, this is just a great gun. It's pump action, you know, reliable uh, to take out in the turkey woods. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've told you the story before. It was years ago. The first turkey I ever killed, I think I think I had a competitor's shotgun, but it wasn't three-and-a-half-inch compatible. And so I borrowed my buddy's Mossberg <laughs> And he said, I'll let you borrow it under one condition. Do not clean this gun. I've I've taken this thing to hell and back, I've, you know, five, six years, and I've never cleaned it. And if you clean it, you're going to mess it up. So I <laughs> went and shot my first turkey with that gun, never looked back. That's what I've been using ever since. You know, I went and got one myself. And uh, and this is going to be, you know, whoever wins this uh, this month's contest is going to be equally as uh, pleased with the uh, the 835 as well. You bet, you bet. And and one of the things I I didn't mention, but I think it's really key here when you're talking about turkey hunting, uh, the barrel on the 835 is actually overboard, which means that you're going to get a really good, consistent pattern um, out of this gun. So uh, as we all know, that's the the key to being a successful turkey hunter, too. Oh, sure, sure. Well, okay, so awesome. We appreciate you guys sponsoring this month's contest. And uh, folks can email their best hunting or fishing photo to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Or better yet, just uh, tag us on Instagram or Facebook and we'll get your photo entered. Um, okay, let's switch it up. 
and talk about your other passion, which of <laughs> course is bear hunting. And I'd say, uh, Linda, just uh, from over over the years and the interviews that we've done, you're probably one of the uh, most, let's say, most versed bear hunters that we ever have on the show. Uh, so let's talk about that as far as you know, what is it about bear hunting that you find so appealing? Well, you know, that's a question I get asked many times. And, and I think, first of all, part of my interest is growing up in North Carolina, my family visited the mountains every year. And it was just a fascination for me driving the back roads as we went up into the Smoky Mountains looking for bears uh-huh. and just always had a fascination with them. But as I became a hunter and, and really have had the opportunity to travel and hunt them across the U.S. and in, in uh, Canada as well, I'm just amazed by the conditions they live in. Um, You know, there's something fascinating to me about a predator. uh, And, um, you know, an animal such as a bear is so large that can come in so quietly, silently if it wants to. Oh, my gosh, yeah. uh, Or, you know, announce its presence from long ways away. But they're just an incredible animal. And, um, again, you know, I just think there's something about uh, hunting a predator that is uh, is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, so do you enjoy uh, black bear or brown bear hunting? I know you've done both. Well, I've done both. You know, if I could afford it, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do more brown bear hunting. Uh, you know, that's uh, that just takes it up a, another level when you know you're you're hunting a predator that might be interested in in you as well. But uh, yeah. and you know, just in incredible places, I've been fortunate to hunt them in Alaska and Russia. So. Uh, you know, the scenery there is just unbelievable. But, you know, I think black bears, just because, again, um, I, I don't know the total number of states that you can hunt them it's in. It's over 30. So. Yeah, okay, and, and Canadian provinces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, such varied terrain. I, and I've hunted, um, you know, spot and stalk. I've hunted baited. I've hunted them with dogs. And I think that's part of the fascination, too. Um, they're each very unique hunts um, and offer something, you know, different. Uh, I love baited uh, for the fact of being able to observe their behavior mm-hmm. and also being able to really make sure that you're um, not shooting a female with cubs, you know, taking the time to really size up the bear and, and hopefully, you know, selecting uh, an older, more mature boar. Mm-hmm. Um, spot and stalk, it's amazing. You've got one in your sights and uh, you think you know, you've got them outwitted and you're working your way toward him, and then just as quickly as you saw him, he's disappeared. Um, so it's um, it's just really, a, again, quite a passion and something I can't seem to get enough of. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of hunts scheduled this, this spring. Black um, bear or brown bear? Uh, black bear. I'm going to uh, Vancouver Island for a spot and stalk. Big ones uh, up there. Yeah. yeah. And northern Alberta for a baited hunt. Okay. So uh, looking forward to both. Yeah. So I the only bear hunt I've been on. I took a female with my bow and then a big boar uh, with the rifle. And that was in uh, Alberta. We flew into Edmonton and then drove two hours. So I'm not sure if it was quite as far north as where you're going. but uh, Yeah, we're about eight hours north of, of Edmonton. Okay, so yeah, we're so. almost into Northwest Territories. Yeah, well, you'll be up there. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool, cool deal. Let me ask you this as far as when you're in bear country – uh, there's a lot of different schools of thought on this, but they say, you know, if you were to ever encounter, you know, an aggressive situation, God forbid you get attacked, 
you want to fight a black bear and you want to play dead with a brown bear because a brown bear is probably a territorial thing. Yeah. They look, at, they see you as a threat and they want to immobilize you, whereas a black bear probably trying to eat you. They've identified you, you know, as as prey, and uh, they might not stop until they get what they want. So right. that's kind of what I've heard. I don't know if if, uh, if that's been you know kind of what you've been told as well. Uh, yes, I have heard that. You know, um, I, with black bears, I, I find a lot of times, too, it's curiosity as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly when you're in a situation where you're doing the baited hunts, it's not uncommon to have one climb up your ladder or oh climb up your tree. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've just found that if you, you stand up and make your presence known, whether it's stomping your feet or saying, hey, bear, you know, in most cases, in fact, you know, I've not had any that – uh, I felt threatened. You know, in most cases they're they're going to back down. Right. And and to me, it seems like it's more like curiosity. I think where you really get into trouble with either species is where you bump into a a mom with with cubs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a a matter of just them protecting uh, their cubs, and that's perfectly understandable as any mother would try to protect their children. Sure. But um, yeah. you know that that can be an entirely different situation. But I think there's no question that if you're talking about a, a grizzly or a brown bear, you know, the best advice you can probably be given is if you know you're getting ready to be attacked to, you know, play dead and try to protect your, your head and neck area as much as possible with your hands and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, and also being very, you know, it's key to being alert of your surroundings and, and not putting yourself in a situation, um, particularly, you know, when you get into bear country, if you're hunting something else and you've got a an animal down like a deer or something like that, you've really just got to be alert and aware of your surroundings. And a lot of people carry bear spray and, and sidearms. And, I was going to uh, ask you if you preferred one or the other. Well, I know, like, so, for example, you're going to Alberta. You can't take a sidearm to Alberta. That, that's correct. And, again, with, with black bears, I'm not as not as concerned about that. Um, you know, I've, I've hunted them 20 years and, you know, feel very comfortable with having a, you know, a shotgun, shotgun or a rifle and, and – um, but yes, when you when you go into um, brown bear country, um, you know when when possible, I think it's probably smart to have a, a backup firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it's not a bad idea to have the bear spray too. Right, right. Well, yeah. Well, statistically, you're uh, you're you're less likely to get killed by a black bear because we've got, you know, uh, like we said, over 30 states where you have huntable populations, they come into contact with people all the time. Right. And there's very, very few fatalities. Uh, just, I guess just due to the sheer size of a brown bear, if you get attacked, you know, it's more likely to be fatal with, with that situation. Uh, but your odds are probably better of getting struck by lightning either way. So, <laughs> it, you know, exactly. Sit, yeah. you might, your odds are probably better sitting in the tree stand over bait to get struck by lightning than get it killed by a bear. I, I <laughs> imagine you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is cool, though, when you're sitting there and you look down and there's a bear that's kind of just, like you said, sniffing your ladder. It smells something. It's curious. It's like, maybe I should come up there. Go, 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 bear. Might get your, you know, I had the butt of my rifle ready to smack him on the head if he tried to come up any closer. Oh, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, Well, cool. Well, well, great stuff as always. Uh, We wish you success on both of those uh, black bear hunts. And then uh, good luck in the turkey woods as well. Thank you, and and you the same. All right. Always great talking with you, Linda. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support, and I look forward to seeing who wins this month's contest. Me as well. Take care. You too. All right. There she goes. (laughs) Always up for a little bear hunting talk. 
our friend Linda Powell from Mossberg Firearms. Uh, that segment of the show, by the way, brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging. Uh, if you're looking for a game changer when it comes to night hunting, say you want to chase coyotes, get after those feral hogs that are just wreaking havoc on your property, the best way to do that is with night vision or thermal imaging. And Pulsar has an entire lineup of both. You can find them right there at PulsarNV.com, and you'll save 20% on anything that Pulsar manufactures if you tell them that the Lone Star Outdoors show sent you. So uh, that'll save you a nice chunk of change. Tell them I sent you, and you can find all your thermal imaging and night vision needs right there at PulsarNV.com. Let's take a break. Up next, uh, speaking of thermal imaging, I had the pleasure of going on my first ever I won't call it a hunt, but uh, a hog eradication trip where we actually used uh, a thermal drone. That's right, a drone with a thermal camera to help locate the hogs and then uh, eliminate them from the premises. So up next, we're joined by Jason Douglas of Thermal Wildlife Drones right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. on the first warm day, rain had washed the snow away. Gone for wood and lost her way back home. Hey y'all, Cable here for John X Safaris. I'm headed on my first ever safari, July 26th through August 3rd on South Africa's Eastern Cape with John X. If you'd like to join me, I think we still have two or three spots open. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a good time and the adventure of a lifetime. So come share a campfire and an amazing hunting experience with me and John X Safaris. Send me an email to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com for more information. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. The rubber and the highway seem good to it. In the flatland, flatland, baby. Flatland, flatland, baby. Flatland, flatland, baby. West Texas wants a key. Sons of our fathers, Flatland Cavalry, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thanks for being here today. It's great talking outdoors with you. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I tell you, I'm really excited about our next topic uh, when it comes to technological advances and how we apply them in hunting and the outdoors. Sometimes I think there's a gray area. You know, how much is too much? And this next topic is going to break that down when it comes to the use of drones. 
and uh, specifically drones with thermal imaging. But before we do that, this segment of the show brought to you by Lone Star Beer. They've got the Come and Take It can right now in both Lone Star and Lone Star Light. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the turkey lease or if you're headed out to the lake. But remember, drink responsibly when enjoying an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. All right, uh, our next guest is a longtime personal friend of mine. He's a Texas regional director for Delta Waterfowl and his new venture, Thermal Wildlife Drones. Uh, I really think there's a place for this in the outdoors. I was somewhat skeptical at first, um, but we're going to break that all down during this next interview with Jason Douglas. And keep in mind that after our hog eradication trip on Sunday night, we taped the interview at the Tally Ranch about 2.30 or 3 a.m. So uh, there might have been a few Lone Star beers consumed. And uh, <laughs> no, we had a good time. And I think y'all will certainly enjoy the interview. So uh, here it is, our visit with Jason Douglas of Thermal Wildlife Drones. Well, Jason, man, thanks so much for being here at the Tally Ranch. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm being sarcastic, of course, because I am Jason's guest here at the Tally Ranch in Collin County. Uh, which I had, I told you, I've actually falcon hunted with uh, one of the guys from the Texas Hawking Association on this place. That had been a couple of years ago. This is a, this place is pretty awesome. I mean, just looking here at the lodge, we've got dead deer on the walls. We've got a nice Drake widgeon over here. Uh, this is like a, a someplace I could retire to. It's a very special <laughs> property. Yeah, yeah, and it's what it's like a four thousand acres forty four hundred acres just uh-huh. the northern part of Collin County yeah and the part that we actually hunted on tonight uh, which let me remind everyone again it is when while we're talking here it's 150 a.m we just finished an epic hog hunt a uh, little hog control for the landowner oh, so yeah. to speak we're gonna get into that here momentarily but but first of all talk about your background as far as where you're from what you grew up hunting um, because like we said you're the Texas State Regional Director for Delta Waterfowl, and so conservation is, your, I mean, that's your life work. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I talk about every day. Well, I'm from Plano, Texas, mm-hmm. and I uh, spent a good amount of my life up at my family's ranch in Arkansas, but I've been fishing and hunting my whole life. Uh, I've worked myself into a fantastic career at Delta Waterfowl about five years ago. Yeah. And I represent Texas, Arizona, New Mexico for the Delta Waterfowl Foundation and manage about 350 to 400 volunteers. So I shortchanged you there because I said Texas State Regional Director. You actually handle a lot more than oh, just that. Oh, yeah. Texas. Yeah. I uh, travel for a living. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very fortunate to have a great wife that supports that. Oh. And uh, yeah, so we fundraise money. I have about 30 chapters across the state. And in um, about a year and a half ago, uh, I started getting a to a little bit of research with Delta waterfowl, trying to use thermography and, and drones to find duck nests. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, very successful in my opinion. We were able to find a large amount of nests in a short amount of time and very dense upland cover up in North Dakota. And we actually have a, uh, a student that's taken over the project now. And and after doing about a, I don't know, six months to a year's worth of research for that project, I learned a lot about drones, a lot about thermography and that kind of Thermography, so thermal imaging. Thermal imaging, that's right. right. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, understanding the, the heat characteristics of anything. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and after all that research, I decided to kind of go independent and uh, 
and go into other avenues of wildlife management using thermal drones. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like on your own time, just I mean, obviously you're, you've got a full-time job, but this is something you do recreationally and, and just being a part of it tonight, you have a hell of a lot of fun doing it's it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it really is. And, and we do the thermal hog hunts. We don't, we're not an outfitter. We don't guide hunts. Uh, but we do donate thermal hog hunts using the thermal drone mm-hmm. uh, and the thermal scopes on our guns and our monoculars and everything for charity. Yeah. And we've raised probably fifteen twenty thousand dollars just in the past six months to a year uh, between Delta Waterfowl and other charities I support. Well, good on you because I know that, that the uh, – well, number one, so obviously Pulsar is a big supporter of our show. I run the Apex on my 308. You run uh, Apexes on – the guns that you give the hunters when they come out. That's right. Well, so maybe we'll say hunters. I don't, I get, there's, a, there's a gray area there. I'm always like, torn. are we really hunting? No, we're more doing, I'd say, God's work. Hog, of, hog <laughs> management. Very hog management is yeah. what we like to call it. That's yeah, right. but you run Apexes um, on there. Now, the thermal that's actually on the drone, that's a very expensive piece of equipment. Very expensive. I don't know, like... I don't know how you do it, man. I'd be so knowing the price tag on that thing, I'd be freaking out every time I'm trying to land that bad boy. The landing's not the hard part. It's when it's a a, a mile away, and and you get a gust of wind or or any other battery malfunctions that that make you wonder if it's going to fall down 250 feet and oh, oh. crash. And it's not insurable, huh? Uh, it's very challenging to get insurance on it. You know, they base it on your flight hours and. And the value of the property, you know, I fly mostly rural areas doing wildlife population surveys, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's tough to get insurance on a twenty thousand dollar drone. Yeah, well, so and that's really the business model. the The thermal hog hunting with the drone that's fun. You can raise money for charity, but when you decided to start doing this, it was more of an emphasis on I'm going to help landowners with population surveys and things of that nature. Absolutely. So my friends got on a deer lease about five years ago, and they stayed on it for two years. And between eight of them, they saw one doe on the property. And so after doing the research with Delta, I was thinking that maybe we can use this for determining how many animals are on a landscape Mm -hmm. on low fence, high fence, uh, identifying uh, thermal characteristics for exotics. So I could fly a high fence property that has 10 different exotic species and actually identify how many of each species are on the property. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to lease a property or buy a property recreationally, I can identify how many turkeys, how many deer, coyotes, pigs are are on the actual property. You can see pig poop. You can see pig poop. <laughs> That's all I learned today. Right. So I had actually done this, and I was telling you, I did a hunt like this four or five years ago. Technology has come a long way it has. from what when I went with my friends at Geo Ballistics, and uh, and and I told you, you know, like every blob we saw, I was like, "Well, is that an animal or is that a rock that's just holding heat?" Because you know, it was just you know, it wasn't as high quality as as we see today. Um, and and one thing you mentioned to me that I thought was, um, well, I, th- I find it. Appealing. I'm not a landowner, but if I was a landowner, I would say this is great because a lot of them, they hire a helicopter every year to do their wildlife survey. That's expensive. I've done it because I've priced, like I've looked at, oh, how expensive would it be to go on a, excuse me, on a helicopter hog hunt? It's expensive. That's right. So this option would be a lot more affordable. Absolutely. And especially animals that are not used to the thermal drone being flown over them and being shot at. 
I can fly over a property and usually the deer won't even get off their beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll fly at night when they're relaxed uh, and I can do my survey without actually really bothering the animal at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's fascinating. There's no doubt about it. Uh, in Texas, you know, like obviously thermal imaging has been a part of you're never going to really get rid of hogs, but it's been a management tool for some time. And as far as, as this drone is concerned, you fly it, it sends a live video feed back to your iPad, which you're sitting there looking at. Everyone can sit there and look at it, and you can say, you can count rabbits if you want to. I mean, Absolutely. like down to the, the very last detail. Count cubbies of quail. Uh-huh. Uh, I find quail out in West Texas all the time, and they when they fly off, if I get low enough to make sure they're quail, it looks like a, a firework shooting off mm-hmm. because their thermal heat signature kind of trails them. It's really neat. Yeah. And, and, and like I was telling you while we were out hunting earlier is uh, this far exceeded my wildest expectations as far as the technology and how effective this tool really is for a, a wide array of applications. Um, as far as your setup is concerned, uh, like talk about what we did today. So you put the drone up, find the hogs. You got a, a walkie-talkie basically that you're – you know, y'all are in each other's ear and you're, you're basically guiding us. We're looking at the drone. You can see it. It's got lights on it. Mm-hmm. The hunters, well, eradicators, whatever, whatever you want to call us. We can see what you're doing and you're in our ear telling us, okay, go this way, uh, do this, do that. This is what the hogs are doing. The coolest moment for me though, was when you actually used the drone to herd the hogs into a Sendero and, I mean, there was five of us lined up and just, I mean, it was like World War III. It was awesome. And I waited for y'all to get lined up. You know, it it really is amazing technology. Um, I would love to take credit for the invention of it, but I can't. Uh, FLIR and DJI have partnered together. DJI makes the drone, the Inspire 1 that I'm using right now, and FLIR made the the 640 uh, uh, thermal Mm -hmm. that we're using, and and it's, it's just spectacular. So essentially, we'll fly around on this particular property. I can usually find a sounder of pigs in five minutes. Longest it really has ever taken me is twelve minutes to find a, a group of, of yeah. pigs. And this is only, and we said the ranch is forty four hundred acres. We're only hunting eight hundred. We of covered it. about a thousand acres today on that that far stretch, about three quarters. Of How many hawks did we see? We <laughs> saw easy over a hundred pigs tonight. Okay, we're gonna stop it there. Take a quick break. Uh, you kind of got the background on this essentially twenty thousand dollar drone that can be used for wildlife management services and hog eradication. Coming up next, we'll talk about how we actually apply the eradication in the field. It's a team effort. You can even use the drone to herd the pigs. I'm not kidding you. I saw it in person, and we're going to get into it here momentarily. Uh, That segment, by the way, brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy in Marion and San Antonio, Texas, two locations now. Josh and Becky have been taking care of me for five or six years now. They'll do the same for you. They offer fast turnaround time and amazing quality. That's Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. You can find them at GR8Mounts. That's GR8Mounts.com. All right, up next, we'll put the drone in the air and start piling up the pork right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's 
Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my Custom 7 Mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. I like to sit in them sunflower fields And watch that sunrise up over the hills See them birds flying like an old thundercloud I like to sit in my old deer stand And wait for that big buck to show up again Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. A little help from our friend Brandon Ryder there. That's just me, uh, one of my favorite tunes. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We are rocking and rolling, about to lay down some bacon with the help of a $20,000 drone. Uh, yeah, we will continue our discussion with Delta Waterfowl and Thermal Wildlife Drones. Jason Douglas here momentarily. But first, uh, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by Costa Sunglasses. Their patented 580p and 580g lens technology continues to set the industry standard. And right now with the spring spawn going on, uh, I can't tell you how important the polarization of your shades are. I mean, you can see fish that otherwise... Uh, you would never know we're there. Check out Costa's entire lineup of polarized shades. You can find it at costadelmar.com. Costa sunglasses. See what's out there. Uh, okay. Well, let's go ahead and jump back into it here with Jason Douglas. We kind of got the background of our uh, thermal imaging drone uh, hog eradication experience from this weekend. Truly <laughs> something that I can't wait to do again. And so, Jason, you know, once we've kind of figured out where the hogs are you've put the drone up you've located a sounder of pigs talk about what happens next as far as coming up with a plan to put the shooters in a position to eliminate said hogs and yeah so we'll we'll get a game plan we'll figure out where the nearest road is we'll get the guys on their ranger uh drop them off a couple hundred yards upwind i'm sorry downwind right right uh, and well, then, yeah and then get on the radio and i'll i'll bring you guys straight to the pigs and then uh and you guys actually drove by one sounder no and idea passed that, yeah. it by accident and the pigs didn't seem to mind and and then um once the shooting's over uh, and i can record everything from the air yeah i'm looking forward to see you're gonna send me the video oh, yeah. oh, i'm gonna yeah. post that, it on our, all of our social outlets it's gonna yeah. be awesome and then when it comes to the cleanup you know, finding wounded pigs or finding the dead the other cool thing. I'll just walk y'all straight to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I'm literally in the mule or ranger or whatever it was, uh, and you're telling the driver, Ryan, yes, Ryan, and he's uh, he's the head of the Park City's Delta chapter. Park City's Delta Water. Right, right on. Uh, so you're, you're in his ear telling him, okay, it's 30 yards over this way. And it's like you just drive us right up to – so as far as recovering uh, the hogs, which – I think we killed uh, 10 or so today, and about half of them folks took home that were actually on the hunt, mm -hmm. and then the other ones are going to be donated to charity. Right. So we eat, we eat all we can and give yeah. the rest of the coyotes. Yes, yes. So nothing wrong with that. 
Um, okay, so the effectiveness of this drone was was something that really blew me away. Uh, one other thing, though, that kind of caught my attention when we were just talking about, you know, where do you see this going was, okay, I've got a lease in, say, South Texas or wherever, name, doesn't matter, wherever. I shoot a big buck. I can't find him. They can call you. You come in with the drone and find that deer. Pending Texas wildlife approval, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, uh, I'm trying to maintain uh, full legality of every use for this uh, technology. And well, just like, and, and I put on our Instagram feed earlier today what we were going to be doing. And someone was like, somebody said, well, too bad you can't fly at night. You can't fly at night. Uh, I have a, a, a Part 107 license with the FAA so I can legally fly commercially, as well as I have a night waiver with the FAA, and all my accreditations are actually on uh, my website, uh-huh. and so I can legally fly at night for the usage of. Uh, uh, they granted the waiver because I'm using thermal. Sure. And when the sun goes down, the effectiveness of the thermal skyrockets. Okay. Right. Right. But back to the deer recovery thing. I mean, what a value. I mean, so really, your only recourse is get on your hands and knees and crawl until you can't find the blood trail anymore, or you call in somebody with dogs, and, I, and I've done that before, too, and, and it is effective, but, I mean, this seems like it would be... It would work. Yeah. And so how long... Here's another question. Um, how long will the heat signal stay visible with the thermal after an animal is expired? I've never done the research to that extent, mm-hmm. but we have shot a pig that we couldn't access, and... And about two hours later, we went back and, and found it 50 yards from where we last saw it. And it was a wounded pig. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to find it two hours later. And that pig was still as, as hot as it was when we, uh, when we first left it. So Cool. It, it, talk about a little bit more detail as far as the, uh, the technology of that thermal and then the app i guess it comes from an app or some kind of software that you have as an application you told me you could take a pig's temperature that's right so the particular FLIR camera that i have has a advanced radiometry so i can take any temperature from you know a couple hundred feet away and i can figure out what the the outside temperature of that animal is Uh at that given day with that that particular humidity and that particular air temperature, and I can actually uh, go into the application and do plus or minus that many degrees. Let's say it's showing 75 or 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and I can make a range from you know 70 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit, and it'll take out all the extremities mm. and help uh, help find just the particular temperature we're looking for. So back to my comment earlier about all those rocks and my first experience with a drone. And you're, you're like, well, I don't know if it's a sounder of hogs or if it's just a bunch of rocks because it was in the Texas Hill Country, lots of rocks there. Uh, this would eliminate that. It would. Yeah. Well, that and honestly, when I fly like at the Morani River Ranch down in South Texas, mm-hmm. I will wait until maybe 1030 at night, 11 p.m. Um, and I have a I have a little handheld thermometer that I'll, I'll check the temperatures of rocks. Rocks make it very challenging in, in areas with a lot of rocks. I'll actually, I won't even fly until sometimes wake up early, like I'm going duck hunting and fly at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, and after every, all the landscape is cooled down a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Let me ask you this as someone who 
it, you know, your, your full-time job is in conservation. How much is too much when it comes to technology and how we as sportsmen and women implement that into management and, and hunting? I think the sky's the limit. If there's a technology that they come out with that makes everything faster and more accurate, I mean, I say, why not? Yeah. Especially a guy pushing, you know, using thermal drones for wildlife conservation. You know, 20 years ago, they thought this would never be possible. 10 years ago, people thought this would never well, be possible. Well, what about if 10 years from now, though, they've got machine guns mounted on the drone? And then, I mean, I'm perfectly, obviously, comfortable with what we did today. And I think it's a great tool and, and 100, 110% support the use of drones for wildlife management, for hog eradication. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. It's like, it's not, and that's not just in hunting. It's in our everyday yeah, lives. It's I like, agree. you know, and I'll, and how I'll tell far you, do we I'll push tell you, the envelope? You know, the, uh, the ATF and the FAA would very, very I mean, likely never approve that for anybody to own. But you know, it's just like anything else. You know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, drones are terrible drones. You know, what if someone strapped a bomb to it and, and flew it into a building? Well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to try to control it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm for the least government control as possible for most of the aspects of our life. But, but I'll tell you, you know, it's just like firearms, just like anything else. You know, it's, it's not the tool it's, it's the person right. using it and you know people will use it maliciously and it's unfortunate that's why i'm very cautious with this technology and bringing it into wildlife management and you know people can use it for poaching people are going to use it for this and and i'll tell you it's just we need to be smart with it mm-hmm. and make sure our game wardens are controlling and make sure our, our government's you know making the proper regulations to to prevent it you know all drones need to be registered but it needs to be enforced by the faa and I'll tell you, if you really want a, uh, a, a solution to feral hog problems, maybe mounting a, a gun to a drone could be, because you, you saw them tonight, you'll see oh them on the God. video. The pigs will sit there and look at the drone. Yeah. You know, and if it had a little twenty two Magnum with a suppressor on it, it'd shoot them right in the back of the head, especially in urban environments. But, you know, it's just something that's going to have to be regulated by the government properly and yeah. just like any other aspect of our, of our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean... Hell, we're both in our 30s. Growing up, who would have thought we'd uh, we'd have the whole world right there at the palm of our fingertips in uh, you know in a cell phone? We could do every we could do everything from a cell phone. And no more calculator, no more camera. Right? I remember the first Nokia brick phone that my parents gave me. They're like, "If we paid you, you use this phone to call us back immediately." If you're out past curfew, we're gonna find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my old pager. Yeah. yeah, I mean. It, it, it's come a long way, but uh, I want to say thank you for inviting me out here to experience this. This was uh, uh, eye-opening and a hell of a good time, all wrapped into one. There's going to be some delicious pork tenderloin going on the uh, the smoker here. Oh yeah, this weekend, no doubt about that. And actually, you ha- you brought some out for everyone to eat tonight that you smoked on. Uh, I guess your big green egg or oh yeah, yeah. I tell you, it's better than what you can buy in the store. Oh, people ten say times. wild boar doesn't taste good, but yeah, I'll, I'll prove I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, well, they're they're fools and they've never had it. That's, that's right. for sure. Uh, well, cool. So why don't you give us your social media outlets and your website if a landowner out there listening wants to say, "Hey, uh, come help me with my population survey," or if they want to say, "Hey, I got too many hogs, come help me get rid of them." Absolutely. So we don't do you know 
our, our feral hog management programs are, you know, I can go out and fly your property, tell you X amount of sounders, X amount of pigs you have on the property, and I can come up with solutions, whether it be referring you over to somebody that I know that does professional trapping, uh, you know, guys, that, you know, ex-military that'll come out in helicopters and take mm-hmm. care of uh, smaller sounders, or, you know, as much as I'm against it right now, it's possibly poisoning in the future. I hope we don't start talking about orphan and everything, uh, because, you know, I'm, I want them to test in California first. Right. You know, <laughs> Let the and, then, and, then, first. and then we'll see, well, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, you know, That's a solution, but right now, uh, it doesn't have enough science behind it, but, but yeah, y'all can check me out. Um, I have a, a YouTube channel. Uh, you can search thermal wildlife drones. Uh-huh. Same thing with Facebook. It's a, uh, our Facebook page is thermal wildlife drones or www.thermalwildlifedrones.com. And an Instagram page coming soon. Coming soon. Cable, yeah. you talked me into it. There's lots of, you've got so much great video, man, that, that, uh, can be used. Yeah, it's cool to see the hunting sequences and, and the little, I know, which we did tonight, the hunters get to do a little dance after a successful stock. Oh, yeah. yeah. So all that kind of, all that yeah. stuff, it adds to the entertainment value. But at the end of the day, uh, we've got a serious hog problem. And uh, I truly believe we are doing great conservation work oh, yeah. when we go in there and we take out 10 or 15 of them in a night. Yes, sir. And if you ever want to go hunt with us, we're not going to sell you a hunt, but you can go to one of my Delta Waterfowl banquets, uh, Houston, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, um, and some of the other events. And we will post those on social media where the hunts will be offered and you can buy it live auction to support our Delta Waterfowl Foundation. And and uh, don't forget to go to your Delta Waterfowl banquet. It's yeah. a great organization. Well, and, and, I mean, plug Delta Waterfowl, too, while we're here. Might no, as well. You know it. So uh, just as far as Delta goes, uh, what what is it, 1911? So – I'm a big fan of Delta and Ducks Unlimited. I think you can't go wrong either way. Um, Delta is actually older. DU, I think, was like 1930s. Delta's been around since 1911. Doing a lot of science yeah. over the years. And and cool thing that and I absolutely love about Delta Waterfowl is that they trap predators. They remove nesting threats in the prairie pothole region in areas where ducks are going to reproduce. And they move the predators from the landscape. A lot of conservation organizations are too scared to do that. Well, we support our, our predator management programs, our intensive management programs, hen houses, uh, and, and managed trapping. And managed trapping, the science proves that, that that's one of the, the most cost-effective ways uh, to produce a duck mm-hmm. is, is take a percentage of the, of the raccoons, the fox, mm-hmm. um, and the other predators off the landscape and, and let those eggs hatch. Yeah. That's the hardest part yeah. is getting the eggs to hatch. And, and that's not a shot at other conservation organizations that don't do that. I'm just saying, for me personally, as someone who likes predator hunting, sees the value in it, appreciates the almost lost, the lost art of trapping, uh, that I like that Delta Waterfowl gets out there in front of it and says, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and we're good at it. That's right. And, and we... we we have a lot of years of research to prove how successful uh, predator management is. And it is great to go up to the Prairie Pothole region up in North Dakota, Manitoba, and watch these guys work. And, mm-hmm. and these guys aren't regular trappers. These guys are trappers that have been trained to specifically target certain species and to take, you know, a percentage of those predators off the population to increase nest success for the sole reason of increasing duck nest success. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, at the end of the day, hunting is conservation. That's right. The more ducks we have, the more hunting licenses are going to get sold, that's right. and the more ducks we're going to have. It's a sure. cycle; it never ends. Uh, that's that's it's as simple as that. If if someone doesn't understand it, all they have to do is uh, talk to you or me or anyone call else there that knows like the damn thing about conservation. Give me a call. I can I can tell you how and why this is so important. Well, y'all get plugged in with your local Delta chapter. Jason, thanks so much, man. It's been a treat visiting with you and just seeing this this technology uh, firsthand today was was eye opening and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah. So thanks Pulsar, again, brother. Pulsar did very good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, they did very good for us today. <laughs> yeah, they did the Apex. I tell you what, it's a great scope, and you're going to be getting your hands on the uh, uh, Helion, which I looked through that thing over at Anthony's uh, friend's house today. He's got one of the prototypes, dude. <laughs> the clarity. I'm gonna call you when it comes in. Oh my god! I'm gonna it's call gonna, you. Uh, special uh, thank you to Tally Ranch. Tally Ranch. They, you know, uh, they don't allow people to come out here and hunt except for these charity events, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just spectacular. They have more pigs in Northern Collin County than I could ever imagine. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Well, we certainly appreciate them hosting us. So, thanks again, brother. Thank you, Cable. Appreciate you. Yeah. Likewise. All right, so there you have it. Baptism by fire when it comes to thermal imaging drone technology and implementing that into wildlife management, specifically hog eradication. Uh, Great stuff there with our friend Jason Douglas. Like I said, we taped that around uh, 2 o'clock in the morning after a long night. A couple Lone Star beers. Actually, I think uh, we were both drinking a Lone Star beer while we were taping that, so... It was a lot of fun, as was using the drone to get on those hogs. Uh, we killed, well, we, we know we killed 11 that night, and then actually Jason texted me the next day and said they found three more across the river, so or across the creek that we didn't cross. 14 down, I imagine that made for a pretty happy landowner because you could just see the destruction out there at the Tally Ranch uh, all around us from these pigs. Uh, that segment of the show... Proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I personally want to invite you to get plugged in with this great group of like-minded folks who are passionate about hunters' rights, education, and, of course, conservation. For more information, check us out at biggame.org. All right. Well, coming up next, kind of a bittersweet interview as we'll say goodbye to an old friend who, who he's been on our show once a quarter for five or six years now and he's been at the helm of Dallas Safari Club as the executive director for over a decade. Anyway, he'll step down at the end of May and so we'll take a look back at his tenure, find out what he's most proud of and see what the future holds. That's up next, right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Up on El Cerrito Place, they all got something in their pockets. All got something on their Hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. 
Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Mayor called me back today and said, Son, have you lost your mind? This is just a county fair and you boys are trying to act like you hit the big time. So I said, what you talking about? You call me because you know I draw a crowd. That's the talent requires the funny one there from James Land bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Presented by Dallas Safari Club. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hop Pal Players as well. I'm Cable Smith, and it's great to be here talking outdoors with you each and every weekend. If you're tuning in via the podcast uh, from some other place other than Texas, well, I appreciate you doing so as well. It's great to have you too. And uh, we've got, uh, well, uh, kind of a bittersweet segment, like I alluded to earlier, to get into right now with DSC Executive Director Ben Carter. But before we do that, uh, I did want to remind you all about all seasons, feeders, tried and true. I mean, beaten and battered. I've Actually, my 600-pound stand and fill, when it flooded uh, my deer lease two years ago, it was underwater for damn near a week. Uh Cleaned it out, got all that nasty rotten corn out of there, and that thing just kept right on trucking. <laughs> Never skipped a beat, I'm not kidding you. Of course, I had to replace the wiring and stuff, but uh, as far as taking a beating and, and keeping on ticking, All Seasons Feeders is where it's at. Check out their entire lineup of feeders, uh, grills, barbecue pits, even uh, fish feeders, like the new dam feeder as well, and you can find it all right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. Alrighty, well, like I said, we got to say goodbye to an old friend. He's stepping down from the helm of Dallas Safari Club after a decade plus as the executive director. He's been on the show. Well, he's one of our more frequent guests, to be honest with you. And so, uh, for the last time, anyway, as the executive director of Dallas Safari Club, it's my pleasure to welcome Ben Carter to the show. Sure, glad to be here. I believe it's been what ten years now. That's right. A little over 10 years, about 10 and a half years now. Wow. Wow. Time flies, that's for sure. It does. It does. Well, in that time frame, I mean, we're talking about a decade. That's a long time. Uh, what would you say you're most proud of as far as uh, what's occurred with Dallas Safari Club? Well, I'm pretty proud of the, the whole 10 and a half years. Uh, when I came on board, we had about we had a convention that was at the Dallas Market Hall, we had about maybe 500 booths. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you know attendance of maybe fifteen thousand or less, and and uh, uh, had our banquets over at the Anatole, and uh, convincing the board that moving to the convention center was a good thing took a little effort, but people finally came around and let us do that, and when we did, that's when we really started growing, and we uh, we grew by adding maybe. 500 booths a year for oh four or five six years to where this last year uh our board decided that that we uh wanted to put a cap on what we had so that we made it a high quality show and not just a selling booths to make money show mm-hmm. and uh which we'd always had that kind of attitude about it but so we put a moratorium on on the booth size to be about 1850 booths and that's where we're going to stay at and that that's one reason why we've got a waiting list now of almost 700 people to get in. Uh, you know, we grew our auctions from maybe a 800,000 to to this last year we had uh, over over five million dollars in auction donations. Wow! Uh, you know, our raffles have increased, our traffic increased from again being at the the market hall to maybe you know, not a whole lot of people to this last year having, uh, by our counts, about fifty-five to 60,000 people that attended the, the convention. That's incredible, uh, yeah. And so the convention itself, which is primarily where we raise most of our funding, mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to, through the success of the convention and the organization, uh, be able to grant an awful lot of money since I've been here. And the 10 years that I've been here, uh, we've we've raised the amount each year, and uh, uh, it it's it's uh, it goes directly back into our for what we believe in from our mission statement: conservation, education, and protecting hunters' rights. And so, we equally pr- participate in spreading that money out to those different areas. And uh, I don't even have a total number, but I'm guessing that that we probably I know we've given uh, over a million dollars in grants the last four to five years Mm -hmm. and uh, this year is probably even more with DSCF our new foundation uh, uh, the grants that they will be giving and so you know we've become an important uh, player in the outdoor community Uh, in the hunting world DSC the quality of our show quality of the participants uh, what we stand for and the things that we do uh, I'm proud to, to feel like uh, it's second to none. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I I I I feel good about how, how where we've gotten to, and and I can feel good looking back that DSE is is on a bright path and will continue to go down that path and just continue to excel. Sure. Well, and you talk about those grants. I mean, it's such a uh, it's such a widespread uh effort i mean from anti-poaching efforts in africa to desert bighorn restoration in west texas i mean dsc does uh some of everything you know it doesn't all go into one place so truly uh there's not any type of hunting that that the club doesn't care about and and its members don't care about or conservation well that's true and we're still you know hunting this under is challenged every day uh you know as we become an urban society and I talk about this quite a bit. Uh, hunting is less relative to the general population. They just, you know, it's not on their radar screen as much with most people living in urban areas. Uh, we've got to continue to get our message out there as to why hunting is 
important and significant and that it pays for most of the wildlife conservation that takes place out there. There's a lot of people that don't understand that story, and, and we got to continually put that story out to uh, the general public as well just as our own community. Our own community gets it pretty well. Uh, but the general public, uh, again, a lot of them don't have the opportunities to experience the outdoors, and when they do, their idea of it is going to a park or whatever, a state park or maybe a, a national park, and that is a great experience. But, you know, there's a lot of other places that are wild and requires management and and, and, uh, and people that are interested in making sure that wildlife thrives in all those areas, and that's one thing DSC has excelled at, and, and uh, uh, we're very proud of, of the things that we have done and accomplished. Well, and take it a step further, the people that, you know, live in the urban jungle. What is that? Clyde Warren Park up there, downtown Dallas. I mean, that's their yeah. idea of going outside. <laughs> well, exactly. They 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 really haven't experienced yeah. it well. You know, Let's I've go spend the day outdoors at, in downtown Dallas. It's just uh, and and I've been and it's nice, you know, but that's not that's not the outdoors. That's uh, you know, a little football sized patch of grass in the middle of a concrete jungle. Well, it's true. You go some places like uh. You know, I've been up to the Arctic, and uh, you see the northern lights up in the Arctic. That's a, a whole different kind of experience. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Canada, all all different parts of the United States, South America, and then, of course, you go to Africa or Asia, uh, just incredible experiences. And, and uh, wildlife is threatened all across the globe, and DSC has been a major player in trying to make sure that we still – protect habitat and wildlife in all those areas mm-hmm. well you know whoever takes over definitely has big shoes to fill uh that's for sure uh, you've, you've done a great job i personally appreciate it i know our listeners appreciate it um first and foremost i, I do want to talk though because you have spent so much time in africa um i'm heading there for the first time in july with john x safari is a, a a vendor a longtime vendor at our show mm-hmm. um what advice would you give me as I prepare for my first safari? Practice shooting. It would be one thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> or shoot, but, practice uh, shooting off sticks, maybe? Yeah, practice shooting off sticks and, and uh, know where your gun shoots. The good, you know, Africa is a magical place. And Are you going on a planes game hunt? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of it will be like a lot of hunts that you go on here in the States for most of the planes game. They're, the animals are very wary. Uh, they're going to be very alert. So, you know, make sure you have a steady rest like shooting sticks because most of the shooting in Africa is off of sticks. And and uh, uh, make sure you have a good gun that's the right size and caliber for, for shooting. Most of the animals in Africa are tough, tough, tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, use good, high-quality ammunition that uh, that penetrates. And, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, make sure you've got Good equipment and and uh, enjoy yourself too. That's yeah, anything you're going over there for fun and seeing a seeing a part of the world that you haven't been to before, and it's a magical place. I mean, you'll see all kinds of animals, and and uh, uh, I've been there. I'm guessing somewhere between eighteen and twenty times, mm-hmm. and uh, every time I go, it's a different experience. Right. Well, yeah, and I you hit on it, uh, but I was going to ask you, you know. If the African plains game animals are tougher than our North American species in general, or they, because they I've are. heard I lots of they, folks say that, I think that they live in a in a harsher environment. There's there's a whole lot more predators over there, and so 
they are just more a little bit more wary uh in some cases not always but uh they they just seem to be a little bit tougher animals too and and many of the animals are are bigger in body i mean are bigger in stature and so they they seem to be a little tougher and and uh you know not say, having said that i've seen whitetails that you hitting a bad spot go a long way than than hard to recover and same thing with elk and mm-hmm. animals like that but uh some of those african animals you've you I've, I've shot with i know it was a killing shot but boy they took off and and sometimes you have a hard time finding them they just have an incredible uh will to survive and and uh it's a it's a it can be a challenging hunt it's a it's a really fun hunt and again you're seeing animals that you don't that are quite a bit different than what you have here in the states yeah and the other thing you hit on as well was uh bullet selection i mean with these animals uh i guess compared to what we hunt here whitetail mule deer um so on and so forth you 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 know, you can choose whatever bullet you want, really. It's going to get the job done. A lot of folks like one that's going to cause a lot of internal expansion. Uh, but everyone tells me for Africa, you want pr- a pretty solid bullet that's going to just penetrate. And, uh, you know, because they've got a, big bones, big animals. Uh, penetration is the key. And using a good, uh, well-designed, well-built bullet and cartridge is a, is a key item. Uh, and... I personally have always leaned towards using more bullet rather than less. Mm-hmm. Uh, ammunition is relatively cheap, and you know if you do a little bit of over overkill, uh, it's 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 a lot better than under because yeah. nothing may, would make you more sick than to shoot a really nice big tough animal like a zebra or something like that, and you see it take off running and you don't ever recover it because these animals are. There's other predators out there that are after them all the time, so they are they are just built differently than some of the North American animals that aren't. Sure. We don't have as much uh, predation as you do probably in Africa because there's there's a number of different types of predators in Africa. Right. Well, so here's a the top of my list: kudu, bushbuck, uh, virtual zebra, warthog, caracal, and eland. So. You've hunted probably most of those. Which one will be the most and least challenging? And, and I know that's all relative to where you're hunting and all that stuff. But as far as you know, how elusive these animals are or how tough they are, um, what would you say? Well, some of the bigger game animals like zebra and things like that that are herd animals, they're difficult because they don't ever travel alone generally. They always are in herds with other animals, so you don't have one pair of eyes looking at you. You may have a dozen or more mm-hmm. looking at you. So so stealth and and, uh, and probably having the ability to shoot a little bit longer than, than you would is helpful. Probably telling someone to go out and practice as much as you can in the field using sticks and, and in a situation where you... You take the sticks, you put them up, you put the gun on there, you aim at the target, and you shoot all in kind of one fluid motion so that that, uh, you're used to that because those animals over there, and from my experience, don't stand around a long time. When they see you and they're aware that you're there, they may give you a couple seconds or three seconds, and then they may decide that it's time to leave and and, uh, until you miss an opportunity. Um, Let's shift gears here. I appreciate the advice there. Um, We've got a new... Secretary of the Interior in Ryan Zinke, and it looks like he's a friend to sportsmen and women so far. 
Uh, I know Dallas Safari Club was was very excited about his appointment from President Trump. Absolutely, he uh, uh, you know he's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's a, a big outdoorsman. Uh, I think the thing I liked the best was the first day in his new position. He repealed the the lead ban that that Dan Ash backdoored us. Yeah, yeah, backdoored on his on his way out. Uh, he is definitely going to be a friend of sportsmen, and uh, he's a smart guy. He gets it. He's a hunter. Uh, we finally have somebody in that office that that is that is our friend and understands our issues. I, I think it's a, a great choice, and and uh, uh, I think the whole outdoor community will benefit greatly from him being the the Secretary of Interior. And do you think that that will have any uh, correlation to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service getting the hell out of you know? I I really do. I think that my understanding is there's already a number of people that that see the writing on the wall and decide to take early retirement because <laughs> I think they're going to turn U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service back into a service that is there to support the outdoorsmen and the outdoor community rather than a vehicle to stop people from, from doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we needed it because we're basically on the verge of losing a lot of, a lot of hunting opportunities, which we all know as sportsmen, uh, we're the ones that pay for wildlife management through license sales and, and those sort of things, and and the the uh, <clears throat> you lose the sportsmen out there, you you lose the ability to to manage wildlife or really a purpose for them to be out there. If we're going to do that, we're just going to have little zoos everywhere, and that that may be what some people want, but I don't I don't think the majority of Americans feel that way. Well, and if you told some you know liberal tree hugger, look, uh. You like hiking and camping and being all earthy, and you like to go to the, we'll just name the Redwood Forest in California, whatever. Name the Yosemite, name whatever. You like going to these places? Well, if you shut hunting down, you can't do that anymore. I bet you they'd have a different perspective on it. Unfortunately, a lot of the people that are so against it haven't experienced any of it. They live in urban environments, and and they go to the grocery store and get their food, so they're they're just not relating to wildlife and 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 how the natural order works and and how how people have been surviving on the planet for the last for eons you know Mm -hmm. through wild meat and and uh you know again we've been supporting an initiative that shane mahoney has has started called the wild wild game survey and and what he's doing is getting data from all the states uh in the u.s as well as in canada and will eventually get africa as well to show how much wild meat is consumed by individuals and how much protein it, that provides, that if you take that out of the equation, uh, it will be mind-boggling how much how much protein you lose that goes to people that are that, that doesn't show up anywhere. This, this is you know wild game that is used by indigenous people as well as sport hunters and everyone else through sustainable use. You, you take that out of the equation, and you're talking billions and billions of dollars that is that's, that's going to have to be come up with to replace the wild game that's consumed by by people that hunt no doubt well um i guess as we wrap things up here what uh what is your next adventure what what does the future hold for for ben carter is you he know, i'm looking at a couple of different things and and uh i'm looking to uh explore opportunities out there doing uh uh, I'd like to stay in the outdoor industry and, and uh, enjoy it. I like the uh, uh, 
I like all the people that are in it. I like I like what people do in it, and uh, I'm leaving my options open. But uh, I, I think I'll still be in the outdoor industry doing something a little different. Awesome. Well, we certainly appreciate it. I've enjoyed all the uh, the interviews over the year and, and over the years, and, and thanks for all that you've done at the helm of, of DSC here in the last decade and a half. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I've enjoyed talking to you over the, the months and the years, and, and uh, maybe I'll still stop in and talk to you every now and then. Uh, I'd certainly enjoy it. Thanks a lot, Ben. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, so there you have it, our farewell discussion with Dallas Safari Club Executive Director Ben Carter, who will be stepping down at the end of May. Um, Truly a class act, uh, someone who has been great for DSC and the outdoor and conservation communities, and we'll miss him. Hell, uh, I'll miss going up to DSC headquarters, poking my head in his office to say hi, and really just to, to look at all the incredible trophy mounts in there. Uh, but we wish him the best in his future endeavors. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. The difference between Lone Star Ag Credit and other lenders is that they're a customer-owned cooperative that gives back to eligible stockholders through a patronage dividend. The cash patronage program can lower your interest rate on financing options and is one of the greatest benefits of doing business with Lone Star Ag Credit. Let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas today by visiting LoneStarAgCredit.com. Well, man, just looking at the clock here, unfortunately, it is that time we got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to all of our guests today, Ben Carter, as well as Jason Douglas of Thermal Wildlife Drones, and, of course, Linda Powell from Mossberg Firearms. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying you all have a great week in the outdoors. Well, me, I'm doing fine with my 30-pound test line. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep the sand out of my beard.